Power Hour. Welcome to another edition. We are so excited to see you. If you are joining us this morning, please drop in the comments where you're tuning in from. We would love to see. At this point, we are streaming not only to LinkedIn, but also to YouTube and Facebook. So wherever you're tuning in from, make sure you pop it in the chat. We would love to know who is here with us this morning. So today is really exciting. It's just us, it's just the crew. We were just prepping backstage for an awesome chat because today is going to be all about LinkedIn, which if you're watching this on LinkedIn, you're already invested in having a really solid LinkedIn strategy. And lucky for us, we have an amazing LinkedIn expert and coach, Dan Mott, who is here and he's going to share with us all, he's gonna spill the tea on all the secrets. So. You know, we're really excited to have this conversation. And so good morning, guys. Before we jump in, how are you doing? Aaron, what's going on down south? <laughs> I'm good. It's always funny to hear Austin is down south. I feel like we're our own little like metropolitan pocket <laughs> down here. <laughs> we're just um, in a bubble. I'm in a little bubble in Texas. <laughs> it's like there's that phrase like um, you go to Texas, I'll go to Austin. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I yeah. teach. <laughs> I'm so glad to be uh, here with you guys, and I'm so glad to learn from Dan because I'm still getting my sea legs on LinkedIn. So, um, but otherwise, I teach um, small businesses to grow impact and revenue through conversational copywriting. Actually, engaging with your audience. How about that? Um, through one-on-one -on -one sessions and um, my membership. So, uh, Matt, good morning. How are you? I'm well. I love how you phrase that. To actually connect with an audience who knew right and I, you know. <laughs> I, I love, I love what you do copywriting is so unbelievably important um thanks aaron so i show leaders how to persuade with power through the art of strategic storytelling and i do it through workshops and one-on-one -on -one coaching um, i'm very excited to learn more from dan dan as you know i've learned so much from you just in the last year that we've been connected and it's fundamentally changed my business. I mean, as everyone on this call knows, uh, LinkedIn is a game changer when it comes to content marketing and business. And it's been invaluable. And I know about this much about LinkedIn. So I'm really excited to learn a little bit more today. You know way more than you're giving yourself credit for, Matt. I <laughs> uh, just want to say thank you for the three of you. I am doing a live training on LinkedIn Sales Navigator this afternoon, and the team thought it would be an amazing idea to come bring me in and, uh, and be able to talk about LinkedIn today. Uh, the problem was my training in the afternoon is only 20 minutes, so I was like, what are we going to do with the other 40? So I decided that we were going to be talking about uh, the framework that I use for my business, um, my courses, my uh, my boot camp, everything. Uh, it's it's over the past two plus years, uh, everything I've created for LinkedIn, how I run my own business, how I help my clients run their business on LinkedIn. So we'll be talking about the five pillars. But uh, for those of you who don't know me, hello, I'm Dan Mott. I am a LinkedIn coach and I help you build your business on LinkedIn through courses, uh, consulting and boot camps. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the five pillars of social selling. So uh, I'm going to try and take everyone on Power Hour. We always try and give you an action item. So because I have five pillars, I'm going to try and give you at least one action item for each of these pillars that you can take away. Um, some of them I can give you right on this call. Some you might have to email me for um, so that way I can send it to you. But let me know afterwards and we can go through that. Um, but we're going to have some fun today, too. As we go through these pillars, I'm going to put uh, the Power Hour crew on the hot seat to see how they measure up against uh, with their LinkedIn strategies and uh, give you a little bit of insight into what the four of us do kind of personally on LinkedIn. So uh, is everyone ready to get started? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Dan, I'm so excited about today. Yesterday, my husband and I were driving and he goes, hey, you know, you're always on LinkedIn and doing, you know, reaching out to your people on LinkedIn and posting content. He goes, how do you really do it? Like, like what, how do you know what to post? And I asked him, well, how long is this drive? Yeah, right. <laughs> to talk about. But, um, I'm still figuring I'm it still, out. <laughs> like, well, right, well, and I think that's the beauty of it, right, is that the algorithm is always changing. And so when we can look to leaders like you guys who are constantly in the middle of the fray and figuring out what works and then sharing it with the rest of us, that's how we all get ahead. So I'm really excited to hear um, everything you have to share. And I'm pumped for your course, Dan. I know it's going to be awesome. And I've learned so much from you. So let's dive in. What's pillar number one? Awesome. So I'm going to take you through the, the five pillars really quick, and then we'll dive into each of them. Um, so the first one is really for all sales and marketing activity. Know your ICP. Um, I, I teach this thing off right off the bat. Your ICP is your ideal client persona, your niche, your target market, whoever you're going after, because the better that you know these individuals, the easier it is to reach them. It impacts every every message, the way that you target people, the way that you set up your services and, and speak with people. So know your ICP. And then you want to, from there, align your profile. You want to publish relevant content. You want to then engage your audience and then prospect for leads as you identify them. So uh, we'll start up at the top, ICP. I already dove into it a little bit, but um, I've spent a lot of time doing this work. Uh, it is possible for you to have multiple uh, personas, target market, you know, like uh, identities, niches that you are targeting. For example, I have four. Um, and I know that the Power Hour crew has done a, a bunch of work on this. We've talked about it in the, in the past in our, you know, uh, in our kind of behind the scenes channel um, on Clubhouse or, or even on these lives before too. So um, who wants to kick us off and tell us a little bit about your ICP? So early on with the hot seat, Dan. Okay, I feel ahead. like if I, I feel like if I'm sitting in the front of the class, you'll call on me less, right? <laughs> I'm gonna raise my hand first okay. so that way I can skip a later question. Exactly. <laughs> Just rip off the band name. Yeah, and uh, no, I'd love to. Yes, yeah, so you want um, ICP? So uh, my ideal client profile um, is somebody who is in executive leadership in the sales industry who is either laid off or looking to pr get promoted or unfulfilled in their current career and wanting to move forward. So generally these folks live in the United States and I work with men and women and they all at least have about five years plus of experience. And the unique thing about the folks I work with is that I focus a little bit less on the demographics and a little bit more on the psychographics. So I really love working with people who are ready for change and are, are understanding that they have to invest in themselves to move forward quicker. So it's uh, for me, it's a little bit of mindset too, but yeah, I love my ICP. Hello, all job seekers everywhere, everywhere, business owners, I love working <laughs> with you. Just driven, heart-centered people. That's awesome. So I, I love that, right? You have a lot of detail in your ICP. You know exactly who they are and you know, like you said, right? Like the important thing is the psychographics and we can look at LinkedIn, people's LinkedIn profiles. We can uh, go on sales navigator and you can look up filters that tell you, you know, exactly they have to have been in their role for, for five years, mm -hmm. right? There's filters for that. So those demographic things are important, but the psychographics are really what you have to pull out of people through questioning. So you can you can create content for these people. You can when you when you find them, you identify them. You can 
look up, you know, we, you can look at the basics on their profile and say like, okay, you know, demographically, this person's a good fit, but let me go ask a few mm -hmm. questions to truly understand if their psychographic is a fit as well. So, yeah. so try and think of this, like you're using your ICP to self-qualify people out. Most people want to qualify leads in. I'm a fan of qualifying leads out. I want to get as many people to say no as possible, because if I have very nuanced things that are like, how long you've been in business or in your role or, um, you know, mm -hmm. like the very little, like these little things add up. So as soon as you can start knocking people off and you, you leave yourself with a very targeted list of people who are exactly who you want them to be. So when you go start conversations with them, it's a lot easier for you to progress them through a lead and answer the questions to a point where you can mm -hmm. actually know what questions they're going to ask you, or you're going to know what objections they're going to give you. So being hyper-targeted on your ICP, can help you attract people to you and then make sure that you're spending more time qualifying the right leads and booking calls with people who are actually going to buy your services. That's such a brilliant foundation. And so my question to you is, do you, when you are taking your clients through this process, do you necessarily start with one or the other? Or do you find that people have a, an easier time doing demographics versus psychographics or the other way around? I think it really depends, right? And I think that this is a theoretical exercise, especially if you're just getting started. So um, mm -hmm. I've, I've developed uh, you know, over the past couple of years a persona worksheet that I use for myself, for my clients. So uh, I actually just onboarded someone yesterday and uh, I sent them last week a uh, like this worksheet. I think it's like 15 mm -hmm. questions. Uh, and it goes through and really challenges you to, to really think about like, who buys from me? Who are my typical clients? What do they care about? What do they want? What are their challenges? Um, you know, what does that challenge play? What role does that challenge play in their life, in their personal life, in their in their professional life? So, so going through and asking these, these questions really helps you understand like how important are the demographics? How important are the psychographics? Because then you can use those to know where you need to lead off of, right? Like those, those will kind of give you the, the starting points. And, mm -hmm. and when you're just doing this, um, it's really a guessing game. You have to go out and you have to put your best foot forward and think, all right, well, who, like, right, say I never had any clients. Who am I trying to attract? I don't know. Let me take my best stab at it. Let me, let me go through and like answer these questions and try and truly understand this person. Then go test it. Go have conversation with 10 of them, 20 of them. Uh, sign clients, do certain, you know, like run services or sell your product to them, get their feedback. You truly get mm -hmm. to understand, like, right, then you get that information and you go back and you redo your ICP workshop and you go mm -hmm. in and you realize, hey, actually what I wrote here isn't right. Like maybe they need to be making more money or they need to be in this role for longer or they need to, right, you're, you're finding out the connections between you and them. So that way you can, because you want to connect yourself to be able to add value to a very specific person. So um, mm -hmm. going through and doing the research, asking those questions, going back and then redoing, you know, going through the exercise, it's a cyclical process, um, really helps you hone in and on your, your content, your message and everything. You know, the first person, actually, Aaron, you were one of the first people that I spoke with about developing that really deep understanding of the ICA or ICP. So it sounds like a lot of these principles can be applied too to content creation. Would you say that's true? Are you asking me or Dan? <laughs> oh, Aaron. I'm sorry, Aaron. Aaron. Yes, I would no, say no, that. Claire's putting you on the hot seat too. I know, but sorry, it's happening. <laughs> We're in yes. this we just didn't we didn't tell you before we got we went there. I know exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be like the air and hot seat hour. No, yes, for sure. And so it's like I use those principles not only for you know attracting my ideal audience, but also for the content that I create as well, right? Because my content has to speak and my whole platform is engaging with your audience, you know, actually talking with them instead of talking at them, right? So it's like 
Um, I look at my ideal audience, like let's take email ally, for instance, my, my email, like my content copy membership. So I'm like, there's people out there who like realize that writing emails is in building your list and writing um, content for your audience is valuable, but they're like, I don't know how to write. I'm not a writer. I call BS. Everybody is a writer and I will show you that, but they're like, I don't know how to write, you know? And so I don't know what to write. I don't know what to tell these people. I'm building a list. Now, what do I say? You know? Um, and so it's like helping those people or on the flip side, I can write, I can get myself, you know, through that, uh, but I don't have any time. I have zero time to do this. Like how the heck am I supposed to run my business, do all the things. And then also I'm supposed to like create all this copy, you know, and write all this stuff. Like I don't have time for that, you know? So that's kind of like who, who I speak to. It's like, no, listen, you know, you, you, you can have time. Here's how, or you can write. Here's how, um, kind of a thing. And they're typically like small, to medium um, businesses uh, as well. So it's like what I write to attract them and then also the content that I create with them um, kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, I would agree. That's awesome, I love that. And yeah, like there's so much that you can get from collaborating with your prospects, with your clients, with your audience mm -hmm. in terms of content creation. Um, but that's step number three. So let's jump up to step number two first. Um, so once you know your ICP, <laughs> what do you do with it, right? Like, okay, I spend all this time doing my workshop. <laughs> I interviewed my my prospects, my clients, and I get all this information. The first thing you want to do is align your profile because anytime someone comes and checks out your post and then goes and then decides that they want to follow you or connect with you, they're checking out your profile. They're gonna see they're gonna see your information and then they're gonna make a decision. Do I want to connect with this person? If you DM them, they're going to say like, hey, yeah, Dan sounds like and he knows what he's talking about. Let me go check out his profile. Oh, OK. It's very clear what Dan does based on his profile. Mm -hmm. OK, yeah, let me set up a call with him. Right. So so taking the information and using this to build your profile is extremely important. So when you're aligning your profile to your ICP, there's there's really a lot of components here. Um, so you want to focus on your tagline. This thing is right up on the, on the top of your profile. Every time you post content, literally your picture, your image, um, your name, and your tagline follow you everywhere. And depending on where it is, on a comment on a post is going to be really short. On, on your post is going to be a little bit longer. On your profile is going to be the longest. Um, so you kind of have to decide like the, that first section is really important. Does it make it clear to my ICP who I am and what I do? How can I help them? Right. If you can answer those questions, it makes it so much easier to attract people to your profile using your tagline. And once they come to your profile, your background image is super important because that's like, right, that's the big advertisement in the background. That's what they're going to see. Um, I personally have used Canva to I have an image of my bookshelf up here and then I cut it off and I um, have just like a quick statement. And I actually need to update this right now. Um, but right, like just a quick tagline that again helps to paint this picture of what you do, who you are, and how you can help your ICP. Uh, the next important thing is going to be your featured section. So you can post like links or past content. You want to put your most important things, right? Like when someone first comes to discover you, when someone's been coming back to you to learn more from you, what are the things that you want to put immediately into your hands? Uh, right, like for me, it's it's subscribed to my newsletter because this is where I can make sure that I stay in front of people. If you have lead magnets, helpful resources that you can provide to people that are going to help them on their journey, get to know you. You provide some value up front to them; they're going to be that much more likely to come back and engage with you or purchase from you. So, having uh, specific things in your featured section are really going to help your your uh, your audience, your targets take their first steps. And then the last thing is going to be your summary section. So, this is going to be your chance to tell your story, to sell yourself. 
Um, and most importantly, to let people get to know you in on your personal side, right? Like I, in the bottom of my profile, have that I play D&D, that I play video games, that, right, like that I'm a Harry Potter nerd. So all these things come up in conversation like more times than you think. And it's an yeah. excuse for me to have a conversation with someone and then start talking about LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I know that um, you are you always are so focused, laser focused on stories and getting to know people on a personal level. So, do you feel like you use and can relate to that part in your about section and just in your profile overall? Yeah, I think it needs to incorporate. It needs to go through all different aspects of messaging. So, back to the first point, Dan, <clears throat> I I get as specific as possible when it comes to who my ideal client is. So it's between 45 and 65 year old uh, men and women, primarily CEOs or executives of medium sized companies. So between 200 and 1000 employees, uh, they need to be sales driven, results driven. Uh, they typically have two children. Uh, a lot of these kids are either entering college or finishing up college. Uh, that's really important to, to recognize as well. I was talking to a gentleman last week, I was speaking out in Chicago, and he was floored that I booked so much business talking about my children. So there's a reason for it. When I'm sharing a story about my children, I intertwine a business principle. It's extremely relatable to my ideal clients, which 99% of them have children. So there's, there's a reason for that. So yeah, to answer your question, Claire, um, absolutely. I try to catch people when they go to my LinkedIn a profile. And what I mean by catch people is you will have a clear understanding of what I do enough to book a call with me. Uh -huh. So typically yeah. what I'll see is I, I see the numbers of how many people go to my profile and then I'll click on my YouTube video, which is in my featured part of my profile. And I like to see the amount of numbers that happen from week to week. And it's in direct correlation to how many uh, phone calls, Zoom meetings that I book with interest. Um, I really like what Dan said earlier about uh, basically boxing out certain people. Um, there's a lot of talk about sales funnels. Uh, my challenge with sales funnels, if you're actually thinking about a funnel, water, all water that goes through a funnel goes from top to bottom, right? Mm -hmm. So you're actually putting everything through a funnel. It's not my philosophy. I like a filter, right? So filter filters out different things that you don't want in there. So back to Dan's point, uh, knowing that 80 plus percent of my ideal clients fit in very specific categories, if someone doesn't fit in that category, I'm going to want to funnel them out, not funnel them out, filter them out so that I don't need to waste time with them. Not that they're bad people. It's just they're not a good fit for what I do. So yeah, absolutely. It needs to it needs to incorporate a story strategy. It needs to go back to your your LinkedIn profile to make it clear to them what do you want them to do when they land on your profile. A lot of people don't even know. They they yeah. just want ads and stuff like that. Like what do you want them to do? In my case, I want people to book a call with me. That is the number one thing that I, I want them to do. If they're if they're interested in story strategy, uh, book a call with me. That's super cool. I love I love that you said that about the kids too. And there's very subtle ways that you can communicate this to people by like if you if you were to have your profile image with your kids in it or your background image with your kids mm -hmm. are in it or in your summary profile you talk about something like that you do with your kids, right? 
it, it's these subtle nuances that help you really connect with your ICP. And there's plenty of places on your profile that you can put them that help you facilitate a better conversation and, and connect on a human level with your prospects as they come to view your profile. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, we always say people want to do business with people they like. And you really can't get to know someone unless you allow them to get to know you. So I feel like in 2005, so many of the profiles sounded something like, you know, XYZ expert in the XYZ field with 20 years of experience. And that's wonderful, but everybody was saying the same thing. And so now, since we know whether you're in business for yourself or you're a job seeker, people are going to check you out online first before they buy from you. It almost carries over to any industry you're in. So it really, really pays to make sure you're controlling that message up front. And Matt, to your point, I love how you mentioned that you tell people what you want them to do next, even for job seekers. So, you know, being that I'm in the careers industry, even for job seekers, tell them where you want them to contact you. Give me a shout at this email or, hey, do you have questions on how to better lead teams? I would love to talk to you. You can reach me here or send me a DM. But those calls to action are so important, even if we're not running our own business, because really our own business is leading ourselves down our own career journey too. Mm -hmm. So I really love what you guys are sharing. I think this applies to so many, if not all situations on social media. Yeah, and Claire, you actually just released like a lead magnet, right? Or you're in the process of developing yeah. it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so right, like this, is, this is like an awesome thing, right? Like this is you're creating content that then is then designed for your, your ideal client, your ICP. Yes. And then you're giving them, right? You can put that on your profile. That is a great thing to put on your featured section because when people come to your profile, it's one of the first things they see. And it's like, oh, hey, awesome. Like I need help trying to find a job. Let me do this thing. This is a free resource that Claire is giving me. It makes it super easy for me to get started. I can do it on my own. I don't even have to contact her, right? Like it's, it's a really easy way to, to put those call to actions in front of people to help guide them along the journey and help them educate themselves with all the resources that you have because I have worksheets, PDFs, I have boot camps, courses, I have so much crap. And it's just like, just tell me what to do. Okay, here, <laughs> check this one thing out, start here, right. and then we'll go from there. Right. I love that you shared that. Yes, absolutely. And when we are just absolutely steeped in our own industry, we get into the nitty gritty strategy in addition to here's everything you need to do, right? So if somebody comes to you and is like, I want to do better on LinkedIn, well, you could write a veritable novel on how to be great on LinkedIn, right? Because this is your gig. This is your specialty. So I love what you shared too earlier about listening deeply to that audience. And here's what I tell my people is that, for example, when you're in an interview, if you spend 80% of the time listening instead of talking, which sounds very counterintuitive for most people going into an interview, but if you focus on that deep listening, your interviewer will literally tell you what they want you to say, what they want to know, and what really matters to them. So when I was creating, for example, this lead magnet, so you know, if anybody out there needs help generating results statements for their resume or for their business and their sales pages, give me a shout, I'll send it right to your inbox. But I was just listening to this question, this request that I was getting over and over and over from my ideal people. And their question was, Claire, I've done amazing, great, accompli 
great. I've, I've achieved great results in my career. I've done big things, but I don't know how to put it on paper. So then, you know, for me, I'm like, well, gosh, I could tell you how to do it, or I could create this simple worksheet that addresses you exactly at your point of need. So that's where I think, you know, your strategy of connecting with people so deeply and also listening very intently can create some really incredible services and things like lead magnets because our audience, when we listen deeply, will literally tell us what they need from us. And that's where we can serve them best. And you just led me perfectly into my next point, Claire. So thank <laughs> <you for> that. <laughs> that wasn't okay. planned, by the way. <laughs> so right, like we're already creeping into the process of creating content now. So we've talked about knowing your ICP, understanding your niche, updating your profile. So then that way you can speak to them when they come to view you. It's very clear that you can help them and how you do so. The way that you create content is very similar. You want to put content out there to, to provide advice to them, to provide resources to them. And Claire brings up a very good point, right? Like if people are asking you questions over and over and over again, if you hop on a client call, a prospect call, and you hear these questions, write them down. Turn that into a piece of content. Because what you're doing is you're now, if one person has asked, asked that question, so many more people have that same question and they're just not going to ask you or they're going to ask you later on. And rather than this week, next week, the following week, next month, so on and so forth, me having to answer those people, right? Like try and figure out, okay, this is what I would do. And here's the answer to that, right? You create it the first time. And now you have a resource that you can just be like, cool, yeah, check it out. Here it is. Here's the PDF I created mm -hmm. on that exact question. Mm -hmm. So so listening to your audience, hearing what they have to say um, and turning that into content is is like the easiest way to create content. So, uh, so a good actionable item here is you want to, on your next, sales call, prospecting call, client call. Every time that someone asks you a question, you write that down. You build a list of questions, and if you get 10 of them, those are your next 10 posts on LinkedIn. Um, and then you see similarities between them, you can start putting them together, you turn that into a PDF. You show that PDF every time someone asks a question. So uh, it, it's a really good hack to be able to just produce content without having to think about it because it's hard, it's hard work. Um, so don't try and come up with it on your own. Let your ICP tell you exactly what they wanna hear from. I would say in a similar vein, also um, keep track of uh, the medium that your audience consumes content in the best. So it could be a PDF, it could be video, it could be audio. So, um, and sometimes you can do both, you know, without really uh, adding additional heavy lifting so that you're giving them content in ways that they're more likely to consume it and hopefully share it. So that should be um, part of it as well, right? It's like when you create content, you want it to be something that is so valuable that it's like someone's gonna like share it to other people. Be like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, you have got to take a look at this, that sort of thing. Yeah, which yeah. for us, Power Hour, right? Like we do these lives every Thursday and now we're in the process of turning them into podcasts because yeah. maybe you can't show up on Thursday at this time or uh, maybe you're busy or maybe you like to listen to podcasts in the car and you don't know what you wanna to listen to. We can easily repurpose this content into a format that you are now more comfortable consuming, which is really awesome. So always, always use the resources, like squeeze the most out of the resources that you have, like as much as possible, right? Like I, I go back and look at old LinkedIn posts from a year ago and I turn that into something, right? Like I'm constantly using the copy that I've written, the, the, right? Like I look at every piece of content as like, as, as a piece of knowledge that I'm like creating and leaving out there. So when you put it into your LinkedIn feed and it dissipa disappears three, three days later, or if it does really well a week later, right? Like you can use this content over and over again. If it performs well, reuse it, right? Like turn it into something else or, or post it later on with a different perspective on it or show how things have changed six months ago versus today. 
Yeah, definitely reuse the content. I cannot, I cannot agree with that more, Dan. I mean, I know best-selling authors, best-selling, you know, these people with these multi-million-dollar businesses, they will use the exact same email that they sent like a year ago. They don't change anything. They're like, it's the exact same copy. And then a year ago, a year later, it'll end up in your inbox. And it's like, no one's like, wait a second. I think about <laughs> a year ago, you know, like nobody. So um, and I saved that email like, and I'm going to go look to make sure it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it side by side and proof. So it's like, no, you know, if the, if it's copy that connects, you know, really well and it performs to the, you know, whatever your success metric is, yes, please reuse it. You know, there's a certain amount of time and people aren't looking at every single post, unfortunately. They're not reading every single email, right? And so you can recycle um, content so much and you can even like splice them together, take a little bit of this and a little, a little bit of that. You know, like when I give people um, templates for emails or I give them um, subject lines, I'm like, you know, use it as inspiration, but then also you can just marry the two, take a big part of the subject line and stick it with this one. Or, you know, um, there's so many, so many ways uh, to do it. And I guarantee you the people at the top of their game are not coming up with 100% original copy every single time. It's just not happening. It's not sustainable. Yeah. So. I send out a newsletter every single week and I literally take my LinkedIn posts and I turn it into my email. Like literally it's like Perfect. there was, there was four sections yeah. in my, in my newsletter this week and all four of them were LinkedIn posts. I took mm -hmm. them and changed them and put them together wow. and sent it out. It takes yeah. me like half hour, 45 minutes, just because I have all the content created and I'm just restructuring, reformatting and swapping mm -hmm. with the links. Wow. Perfect. So I would say for everyone listening, if you think, if you think you need this much content, you actually need this much content. The amount of content you need today is mind boggling. And often when people hear that, they get flustered and they say, how, how am I supposed to come up with so much content? I love talking about Jerry Seinfeld, and I've mentioned before that Jerry Seinfeld is my favorite stand-up comedian. My wife and I have seen him live in person multiple times, and you leave the arena and your stomach is literally hurting because you're laughing so hard. The reason why he's so funny is he is a master at observational humor. And he doesn't live life like a normal person. Not only is he a celebrity, but he does not live life normally because he views the world differently. There was a time where he was standing in a checkout line at the grocery store and he's watching the conveyor belt go down with food on it. He's watching that experience where you and I may have seen that and thought there's, this is part of life, right? This is what happens. You go to the grocery store and you check out. He's watching that thinking to himself, where is the funny in this? And he has a hysterical bit on it in one of his stand-up comedy gigs. We need to do the same thing when it comes to content. We need to view the world through the lens of where is the story in this? Where is the content piece in this? If you do that three times a day, you're going to have over a thousand pieces of content every single year that you can add to your content bank. Uh, personally, I utilize an app called Otter, O-T-T-E-R. Um, I should probably reach out to them for, for sponsorships because I've mentioned <laughs> so many people over the years. So Otter is an incredible application. So basically you go to Otter, you open it up on your phone, and as soon as you hit the button, you can start recording and you speak into your phone. It transcribes everything that you say 
And though there are a lot of transcription apps on the market, this one tags the best that I've ever seen. So why is it important to tag? Well, I may have tons and tons and tons of client testimonials from different client meetings that they may say X, Y, or Z. Well, on my way to the car after that meeting, I'm gonna be speaking into that and tagging it. Excited client, client was struggling. Now they're succeeding and thriving because of X, Y, and Z. So I can document all that. So when I punch it into the search bar, boom, 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 boom. I have all these different content pieces that Dan's talking about. So we don't need to overcomplicate it. You do need more content than you can even imagine right now. Think of the amount of content you think you need. You need 10 times more than that. How do you get there? You get there by looking at life differently and asking yourself, where is the content piece there? And if you do that, you are gonna have more content than you ever thought possible. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I just, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, I go interrupted it. you. Uh, but it, it, content really is everywhere. It's life, right? And so, uh, you know, kind of um, springboarding off of that, it's like I tell people, like, okay, look at your phone, look at the photo bank on your phone, because mm -hmm. that is a treasure trove, right? Just like sure. scrolling through those pictures that you've taken, your life is <laughs> spread out on your phone with these images, right? And so, you know, you go through those images and you're like, oh my gosh, that happened. And I always tell people, I'm like, you give me a memory or a moment in time, I will correlate it to your business. There, every time I can do it, you know? And so it's like, don't, now, don't tell me to do it now live. Exactly. But I'm like, listen, let's sit down and talk about it. You know, tell me about this experience. Tell me about your business. And there's, I can draw a line to it. And so there's so many ways, you know, so I'm like, everybody most everybody, right, has these photos on their phone. It's like, just scroll through those guys and it'll remind you of like, oh yeah, that happened. And it, you know, and it's, it, it'll, it's a quick brainstorming session to get um, content ideas. So. Yeah, no, Aaron, I'll just speak to that real quick, just to prove your point. So I was on the phone with Aaron a few weeks back and I was talking to Aaron about a trip that I was on and immediately she said something to me. I didn't even, because I'm in that world and I was traveling, I didn't really think of something at that moment. And it was an immediate content piece. The content piece was people always ask me, are you traveling for business or pleasure? Mm. I don't understand how to answer that question because when I travel for workshops, it's not only business, but it is also pleasure too, because I have a blast and my audience has a blast. So I, they're, they're inseparable to me. And I made a content piece out of something Aaron said I love the the picture thing that you're talking about. I'm going to go through now my phone and scroll through. I bet there's a bunch of stuff with what, what you're mentioning. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for so sure. If, if you want to get super meta, um, Matt's, <laughs> Matt's story about uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I have heard multiple times. I have seen it on his LinkedIn post. I have heard him tell it before. Mm -hmm. He used it as an anecdote for this conversation right here. And then now after this call, he can download this recording and clip out that thing and turn it into another LinkedIn post or a Instagram post yeah. or something like that, right? So I think the moral of the story here is content is everywhere. It's literally mm -hmm. all around you. So stop trying to figure out what it is and just open up your eyes and you will mm -hmm. see it and push it out to your audience. They will tell you yeah. if you like it or not, and then you just keep riding that wave. So, Josh, uh, Josh Renniker is here joining us this morning. Hey, Josh, he said everything is a story, and it's so true. And I think one um, beautiful thing about the process, you know, once I really started pushing the gas pedal on my marketing on LinkedIn and working with Matt actually, and getting into this storytelling routine, it became easier and easier. And then as I was getting used to viewing 
ordinary things as stories that can be relatable and have a business element to them, it became natural. And now like we'll be driving around and my husband and I will be talking about something. In fact, yesterday we were talking about a coworker of his who's changing jobs down in Sacramento and the reason behind it. And I was like, oh, tell me more. And then the detail, because everything comes down to these stories and now I'm in the habit and it becomes a little easier each time to start viewing and, and picking up the little things every day that normally might go unnoticed, but really can be compelling and connecting. It's like, it's not that we all have to have a shark bite story, right? Or a four layoffs in a row story. It can be really related. But if you do stuff. share it. <laughs> you do, please tell us. Yeah. If you get your arm bit off, get excited because it's a great story. <laughs> You'll be on that one for the rest of your life. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. So, so far we have identified and really honed in on our ICP, our niche. Uh, we have aligned our profile to speak directly to them. We have now started publishing content that attracts them and helps uh, mm -hmm. us, us connect with them. So the, the next step that you want to take is you want to engage your audience, right? So now that they are coming in and they're commenting on your posts, um, you want to, no matter how small, right? Like, I mean, if they're like, great post or thanks for sharing, right? You want to reply to every single one of those people. Uh, mm -hmm. The reason that we post is to start a conversation. If you just go out and you just post content and you just post content and you just post content, no one's going to engage because you are just right. There's no, there's nothing for them to engage with. Uh, they want to have a conversation. They want to talk to people, ask questions, um, really think about things. And, and that's how we collaborate on, on LinkedIn. So doing that is important. So my first takeaway for you is every time you post, you should be commenting on every single person who, who comments on your post or replying to everyone who comments on your post. The second thing is what I recommend doing is, every time that you post, you should go comment on five other people's posts. Mm. So this is now, right? You're not just waiting for people to come to you and engage with them. You're going to them and engage, and then you're starting a conversation with them, and then you're tapping into their network, and their network is seeing your content, coming back to your profile. So literally, if you were to go out and you weren't to post any content, but you were to go engage with people every single day, 10 people every single day of those same 10 people, you're going to get people who, their, their audience is going to start sending you connection requests. So mm -hmm. um, go engage on every single comment on one of your posts, and then for every time you post, go comment on five other people's posts. Love it. And I know I that, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and it's something, everybody can do that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really great action item to be like, today, here's what you can do. Super easy, right? Like just, mm -hmm. just go out and comment, right? Because a lot of people just like scroll through feed, right? And they just flip and flip and flip and flip. Um, or maybe they'll hit like, they'll, they'll hit, you know, they'll clap, they'll like, like heart, you know, like just reactions. Reactions don't do much. Um, go actually have a conversation, leave a meaningful content uh, comment. Mm -hmm. Don't just say nice post, thanks for sharing. Go like read their post, watch their video, whatever it is, and provide your opinion on it, your feedback. Share a story that is relevant to that, right? Like I like to think as comments, as micro posts, right? Like these are like my network, they're gonna show up in feed. So like, you're gonna see Dan Mott posted on so-and-so's thing, you're gonna see what I wrote, mm -hmm. right? So like, these are like micro posts to the point where I actually take snapshots of that post and turn it into another LinkedIn post. So really getting meta yeah. on, on repurposing content there, but right, like comments are posts, comments are engagement. Engagement is the lifeblood of LinkedIn. You need to be out there, you need to be engaged with your audience. Yeah, Dan, you, you taught me that uh, it was probably coming up on a year now about the, the comment piece. So to echo Aaron's point from earlier, 
regarding the picture, scrolling through your phone, seeing pictures, you're going to get recall about different memories that could lead to different business principles. Same is true with comments, with what you're saying. So you can have a content strategy session where you're building great content just by opening up, I mean, if you could do it on your phone too, but from a, from a post perspective, if you comment for me on a desktop, it gives you more room to really give a nice, uh, well thought out comment and it, it'll spark something in you where you're like, you're understanding a certain memory that you didn't have recall with before. And then you can really write it out. You can take it and then you could do what you're saying, Dan, you could flip it into an actual post and you can go copy and paste it in another document and start really dissecting it and expanding on it. And I've gotten some of my best posts by doing what you had mentioned a year ago, just giving a really, really good comment to someone else's post. Yeah. And then that's, again, just going back to listening to your audience. So it's the same thing here, but it's more active, right? Like they're posting content and you're just going and engaging with it. And it's, it's feeding you ideas on what other people want to hear about, right? So if you go engage on a post that's blowing up because it means that people care, people want to talk about it. People are stopping as they're just mindlessly scrolling through feed and they're engaging on this post for a reason. What is that topic? What are people talking about? What do they care about? go engage on that post so you become a part of that conversation and then take that mm -hmm. conversation back to your feed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Dan, you could do this with your ideal clients too. Like I've actually booked business doing this by, I, I, I have what you had said, the ideal client, I'll go and I'll, I'll come up with a really well thought out comment on one of their posts. People need exposure, right? People pay tons of money for attention it gets you attention. They see the name, they think, huh, who's this person? They go to your profile and it starts a conversation. I can't even tell you how much business I've booked just from posting comments on people's posts. It's crazy. It's absolutely right. It's, it's invaluable. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's the complete opposite of what people are so used to receiving a blank connection request or a generic connection request and then again getting slapped in the face with a pitch, right? Like, so by yeah. seeing that you're human, by seeing that you're out there, you're engaging with the community, you're having conversations, you're, you're a thought leader, you're providing your opinions, your feedback on the matter, right? Like that alone is a differentiator. That is what helps people be like, Dan knows his shit, I wanna work with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think LinkedIn too, you know, obviously caught on earlier this year when you, would see that automatic pop-up after you comment on a post to say, hey, do you want to turn this into a post? So I always balance what I'm doing to serve and connect with the audience with what do I know the algorithm really wants me to do? So then I think, okay, so if, if, if I were to do the thing the algorithm wants me to do, what is LinkedIn? It's a business. We're all here. It's, it's a business that they're running and they want to keep eyeballs on the platform. So what better way to do that than to encourage people to actually turn their comments into more content, which is more time on the platform, which is more advertising revenue for them on the back end. So it's just really interesting. There are so many factors, but I'm loving the fact that the last three, four five years, there's been this transition, this wave of the blank connection request and the cold pitch to actually getting to know people on the platform, to building up people and connecting others intentionally. And that seems to be a new thing, a new wave. 
And I, I'm loving And, and that's it. when people say that like, oh, LinkedIn's becoming more like Facebook and they kind of look at it like a bad thing. And it's like, no, it's a right. great thing. This mm -hmm. is networking done right, right? Like the way that I looked at, I look at LinkedIn, the best way I can describe it is like being in an industry event. You can be the guy or girl who's going to walk down and literally just hand out business cards as you walk by people. And that's all you're going to say, like, buy from me, buy from me, right? Like that's what getting yes. goldfished is like on LinkedIn versus if you walk up to the bar and you grab a drink and you sit down next to the person and see that they're reading a book and you're like, oh, I love that book. Now you've started mm -hmm. a conversation with them and then you identify, like then you start talking and you figure out that there's opportunity for you to work together, whether that's for me to give you business, vice versa, or I can make an introduction or we can collab on a project, right? Like it's mm -hmm. not just all about prospects. There are plenty of people that you can engage with and network that are going to help you grow your business and reach more prospects. Sure. And Dan, mm -hmm. to echo your point about the Facebook piece, the overwhelming majority of complaints regarding that have happened in the last year and a half. You have to ask yourself, what happened in the last year and a half? We had a pandemic. And if you think of the way communication has changed, here's how it's changed in the last year and a half. People are way more willing to get vulnerable quicker. So if you think of prior to 2020, I would go in and I would talk to organizations prior to 2020 and to get them from zero to that very vulnerable, authentic state, it took a lot longer. Now, we can, we can get there 10 times quicker. Why? Because a lot more people are more vulnerable. When you are working from home in your PJs and you are dealing with personal and business stresses all at once, higher than ever before, the, you, you just understand the elements of empathy. So you're going to be a lot more naturally vulnerable. And you're seeing this all across LinkedIn. So people that are complaining about it, you have to ask yourself, what happened in the last year and a half to make people more vulnerable? Well, it's not that hard to figure out. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's what happened, like, right? Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, and that's like people are craving that. They're craving that connection. So if you haven't taken the time to reanalyze who your ideal customer is, what they're going through, where they're coming from, what their needs are, uh, heads up, it's changed <laughs> in the last year and a half. So if you haven't taken a look at that, then I strongly urge you to do so um, because that will transform the way that you're, you're messaging them. If your messaging hasn't changed, if it hasn't been updated, if your content really, maybe it's been updated slightly, like, really go back and and uh, re reanalyze that because chances are you're not connecting in the way that your audience needs to be connecting with now because as matt pointed out it's true like it's everything has switched and so people are craving that connection that personalization for you to talk to them so again if you haven't reanalyzed who your ideal customer is what they're going through their pain points uh their happy points um please do so because that's going to be a huge a huge change in your business yeah and mm -hmm. I think that 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 like this has all happened because literally the event doors physically closed and people could not go to events to network anymore. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. shit, what am I going to do? How am I going to grow my business? They went to LinkedIn and they take they took that personality, that that lifestyle of being in person events and actually started applying it, which has been an amazing thing for this platform and everyone yeah. who yeah. is going to come here and create and try and build a business, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Um, before you can, before you go on down really quick, Steve, in this might be part of your next point, but Steve was talking about video posts becoming more popular and more effective on LinkedIn. So, um, do you want to, do you want to feel that yet about the kind people, of posts to be doing? 
people love to see our faces. It's an element that helps us build trust, like, right? Like you just being able to see my face, our faces right here, just help you get to know me better, right? Like, have you ever, like, I do this all the time with people that I look up to and like, I feel like I know these people by listening to their podcast, yeah. by watching their videos, by consuming their content. Like I hear their stories, I hear what they're talking about and I feel like I get to know them, but they have no clue who I am, right? So it's just mm -hmm. like showing your face is an amazing way to help you kind of like build that connection with people, which is exactly what I actually am terrible about creating video uh, on LinkedIn. However, I every single call that I ever get onto, every Zoom call, I share my face. Even if I'm a call with like 10 people and I'm the only one showing my face, I show my face mm -hmm. every single time because it helps me build a deeper connection with my prospects and with my clients. Mm -hmm. Which is a great point. Speaking of which, uh, number five, <laughs> prospects. <laughs> so is that a got, perfect segue or what? <laughs> second one. Um, okay, so, so prospecting leads, right? We've talked about knowing your ICP, aligning your profile, publishing relevant content, and engaging your audience. Problem is, most people stop here. They don't go the next mm. step further, and they ask, "Why aren't? Why am I not getting business? Why are people not messaging me? Or how can I get more people to message me? How can I get more business out of LinkedIn?" And the fact of the matter is, even if you're doing a great job at all this stuff and you're generating inbound leads, you can be doing more by doing outbound on top of it. And that doesn't mean going in and like doing something completely separate in silo, right? Like you are putting in all this work and effort for a reason, you need to capitalize on it. <clears throat> so you wanna go out and you want to spend time actually like looking at, look at the people who are, are viewing your profile, who are engaging on your content, who are already messaging you Right, they might be about something completely different, but they're already messaging you, or they're sending you connection requests for a reason. Why is that? Go start a conversation with them, get to know them, be the person who sits down next to them at the bar and order a drink and start a conversation. And this does not mean pitch your services. This does not mean ask them if they need your services. Go start a conversation with people. So my favorite way to do this is, if Claire is going to post something on LinkedIn and I'm going to go and I'm going to go check it out, I'm going to comment on it and then I'm going to DM her about that post. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm almost providing a little bit of insight and then I am being like, oh, I loved your post and blah, 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 blah. Now we're talking. And then I can start to ask qualifying questions that lead me then to talking about a conversation about LinkedIn. And a lot mm -hmm. of times as you kind of do this passively, people will reveal to you the information that you need to be able to move the conversation forward. So it's really about asking good questions here, asking good questions, the better questions you can ask that like, right? Like you'll let people do all of the work for you to the point. If you start a conversation, if you send me a, a, a connect and here's, here's something that you can all do right now, go look at the inbound connection requests that you're getting, especially if they are a blank connection request. Why did that person send you an invite? Go, ex go look at their profile, make sure that they're a good fit. You actually want to talk to them, right? Like look at their tech, Exactly everything I said about aligning your profile. Go look at their tagline. Go look at the background image. Go look at the profile. Who are they? What are they about? Do they fit into your ICP? Do you actually want to start a conversation with them? They've sent you a blank connection request. You now accept it. And you say, hey, person, um, thanks for reaching out. Just curious, like happy to connect. Just curious, what made you want to reach out? Right? Yes. Like super open-ended, just ask them that question. And it might be because, hey, I saw you on Power Hour this week and blah, 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 blah. Hey, I saw your post about something, so-and-so. Uh, I'm a friend of this person and this reason, right? Like you'll see, and you'll like, this is already the, the process of self-qualification where people are now going to be like, I have people who be like, hey, I saw that you offer LinkedIn services and I was curious about them. I have said nothing about what I do or my services. You're the one now, even though I was the one to initiate the conversation, you were the one to initiate the conversation about inquiring about my services. Mm -hmm. So no point am I ever, right? Like I can't even remember, unless someone asked me like, 
how much does your service cost? Or like, like ask specific questions about my service. Will I, will I explain what my service or my product is? Mm -hmm. I, my whole goal of a conversation, start a conversation with someone, try and get them to admit to me that they either have a challenge, a need, or an interest that aligns with mm -hmm. my subject matter expertise. And then I'm simply going to ask, would you like my help with that? So like if someone says to me like, hey, I'm really struggling to find leads on LinkedIn. Awesome. If I could help you find more leads on LinkedIn, would you be open to a conversation? Nine times out of 10, I'm going to book that call. So it's not about asking for the business. It's about asking how you can help. And then once they, they identify that, then help them. Yeah. And Dan, just to, just to let everyone know that Dan practices what he preaches. I remember Dan connected with me, I believe it was 2019. And the only reason why I know that is because I know, I know COVID wasn't a thing yet when, when we had connected the, the good old days. I remember I was getting blasted <laughs> with this connection request. So many people were trying to connect and send me messages out the wazoo. And at, at, at some point you're like, just make it stop. Right. Because I don't want to, I just don't want to answer every mess. I, I can't now. I, I, I'm get. I'm at the point where I'm getting so many messages on LinkedIn. I cannot. I can't respond to all of them, or I will not. I'll never see my 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 family if I respond to all. Otherwise, of you them. can't it's, service your clients. Like yeah. And and what's amazing about that though, I remember it was the season where I was just getting so many. It was insane. And what was interesting to me is you were one of the only messages I responded to in a few months time uh, when you did. And I have to ask myself why. And it, you asked really good questions and you engaged. And it was nothing about business. It was like us trying to build a business relationship and not really talking about products or services. And then I ended up on your podcast and it was just this natural progression and it, it was awesome and it wasn't salesy and we built a great relationship. Now we're doing uh, trainings every week together. So Dan's absolutely right. Like if you ask good questions, it, it, ma magic happens. Good thing happens. I would highly, highly recommend people look up how to have better interview skills. Like look at if there's a reporter that you like, and I don't care what you watch as far as the news program, like go look into how are they asking questions, the good ones. There are some terrible reporters out there, but like go look up like how do great journalists do what they do? How do great reporters do what they do? Uh, look at podcasters, right? Try to figure out how to ask great questions and that'll carry over into your DMs as well. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, so I know we're, we're coming up on the end here, so I just want to give you a quick recap and then give you some action items or reiterate those action items um, as we go through. So again, the first is to know your ICP, right? This is kind of an extensive thing, but I've created a workshop for it. So if you want to spend some time working on your ICP, let me know and I will send you a worksheet. It's about 15 questions and literally just going through this, you will find out so much about your, uh, your audience. Go test it, apply it to the market and improve it from there. Uh, in terms of aligning your profile, I created a series on this. There is a uh, five posts on LinkedIn. If you search hashtag DM Dan's profile, hashtag DM Dan's profile, there's five posts in there and they take you through those four things, your, your tagline, your background image, uh, your summary and your feature section. And then there's also a bonus one on creator mode. So deciding whether or not I should I use creator mode because that impacts the, the layout of your profile. Um, for publishing relevant content, uh, I have a content tracker that I can send you. 
Um, but really like the biggest thing you can do is if you're not posting three times a week, just get in the habit of posting three times a week. That is the easiest way, right? Like everything that we talked about, take the inspiration, um, go write down 10 questions that you get from prospects, clients, turn those into your posts. Um, engaging your audience, the five to one rule is the biggest thing that you can do every time you post. So if you're posting three times a week, you should be engaging on 15 other people's posts, go engage the community, have a conversation Bye. where it's already taking place. Um, and then for prospecting leads, when people are sending you connection requests, if it is a blank connection request, qualify them, accept that connection request, and then send them the message. Hey, name, thanks for reaching out. Just curious. What made you want to, what made you want to connect? Go start a conversation with them and see where it takes you. Do these over and over again and you'll get better. You'll start practicing it, asking better questions. You'll figure out what questions you need to ask. When those questions land, write them down, save them for later, repurpose them in the future. Ooh, okay. I put all those in the chat. I hope I talked as fast as you talked. Okay, so I love it. So I'll, I'll I'll make it I'll make it super easy for you, right? Like, and, and here's here's the spiel now. So if if this this is a lot of information, right? And it's it's overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, so if you want help going through it, that's exactly what my bootcamp is designed for. It's a 12 week program. I take you through all of these things. I help you implement the trackers and the systems that you need in order to execute against them. I answer your questions along the way and provide supplemental training materials. It, but if this is just like, this is way too much for me to start right now, Dan, what can I do next? Sales Navigator is a great place to start. So join me at 2 p.m. Eastern today. I'm going to be doing my Sales Navigator training, which is going to be more of just the prospecting component of this. Um, and again, I'm going to teach it in 20 minutes, so that way you can use the rest of the 40 to start practicing. Um, but if you just want the takeaways from the five pillars today, hey, you know, like where, where are those worksheets? Can I get that content tracker? Can I get those exercises again? Even if you take an action item against one of those things, I guarantee it's going to help you improve your uh, your, your LinkedIn strategy. So shoot me a DM that just says like, hey, send me the resources, uh, and I will email you all that stuff. So that way, it's just so that way you don't have to write it down and like scroll through the comments and try and figure it out. I'll make it nice and easy yeah. and, and deliver to you all in one place. So if, if people want to learn more about any of the programs or the worksheets that you mentioned or join you today at two o'clock, you want them to first do what? Come to my LinkedIn profile yeah. because that is okay. the central place, right? So then that way, if you want more information on this or that or the other, you can find it on my profile or you can just DM me and tell me what you need and I'll put you in the right place. Awesome, awesome. You guys, this has been another amazing power hour. I feel like we could probably talk about LinkedIn strategy for a whole day. <laughs> 24 hour power hour, 24 hours of power. Um, so Dan, thank you so much for being so candid with your insights and for everybody, you know, Aaron and Matt, you too. I think what really uh, inspires me about this group, why I feel so truly grateful to have this, this tribe is that you guys really do pull back the curtain and share the real strategies that you put into place every single day. And I think that's a really special and unique and not done everywhere kind of thing. So you guys don't miss this opportunity. Dan is going to be shedding light on how you can really up your leads and your, your, um, prospecting with sales navigator today don't miss it and i know that whenever i've had a question about content or linkedin or storytelling i shoot these guys a dm because they are extremely helpful in all of those areas and and so many more um so anyway thank you so much for sharing all of that today dan that was awesome and matt and aaron too you guys there's just so many um so many tips here that i think people can put into practice today just take one and apply it. That's all you need to start because it, right? Like there's a lot of stuff in here and I've only scratched the surface. It can be very overwhelming. Uh, 
improve yourself, improve your strategy one step at a time, focus on one thing and get really good at it. That's, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give to you. Awesome. And with that, we wrapped it up in 59 minutes and 24 seconds. That's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty punctual. Well, thank you guys so much. Next week, we have another awesome power hour coming up. Don't miss us every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern. And as always, time is our greatest currency. So the fact that you chose to spend this hour with us is very special. And we appreciate each and every one of you who is here. So if you have any questions, DM uh, the folks up here. And otherwise, we will see you next week on Power Hour. Thank you Thanks so much. Everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody.